Hey, CT family, welcome to the Healing Place podcast. I'm Brian Hackney, the director of the Healing Place. And whether you heard about us on the weekend services or someone shared this episode, we're glad you're here. Welcome home. In today's podcast, my team and I get to sit down, we gather back together, and we talk about our journeys towards intimacy with God. Um, it's really cool to just to hear Spoonie and Ross and Glenna tell their stories about how they grew closer to God through usually some of the hardest trials in their lives. Pain is what grows intimacy with God. I hate to say it, but it is the megaphone sometimes that gets our attention. And it takes those hard times for us to develop that relationship with the God who wants us to be honest about our pain and wants us to rely on Him and come to Him. So. Listen in as we share our stories, and I hope you enjoy it. So welcome back to the studio, Glenna, Ross, and Spoonie. Hello. Um, so we're doing our intimacy series, and this is our last episode, and we're going to talk about how uh, intimacy with God is definitely a journey, and it's a process, right? Mm -hmm. And today I'm going to ask you guys to tell your stories and how, wow. how you feel like you've grown in you know, God knows us fully, right? Mm -hmm. But it's us getting to where we can fully know Him and allow ourselves and our minds to be fully known by God, right? To come out of hiding. Um, but before we start, I just want to ded dedicate this episode to uh, a good, good friend of mine named Bob Bustring, who passed early this morning. Um, mm -hmm. And honestly, it's very heavy on my heart. I called my wife on the way in and uh, just had a moment because... We got the news a couple hours ago, and I didn't really get time to slow down and grieve because I was just flying out to come up and do this. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to come in and put on a mask and put on a face and <clears throat> and act like this didn't happen um, or that I'm not feeling it. So mm. one of the things <laughs> that ties into intimacy is I think in, in the church especially, we do a bad job at allowing ourselves to grieve. We want to be happy and joyful all the time and come in and put on our mask and say everything's fine. I mean, that's the, that's a big problem, right? And so, um, and I think the the trick that I'm trying to learn is hold everything simultaneously, the joy and the grief, right? Mm -hmm. Because not everything's sad in my life, right? We have a lot of joyful things and things to rejoice over and to be thankful for. But today, I'm sad. And, uh, and I want to honor Bob. Bob Bustring um, was a man who was there for me uh, at a critical time in my life, uh, a turning point really for me when I was uh, in one of the darkest nights after my son passed mm -hmm. and my faith was struggling. I was in a crisis of faith and crisis of belief and Bob physically met me there <clears throat> And uh, he gave me keys to his property uh, and said, you go fishing anytime on his little 12-acre lake out there in Cleburne. And it was a little retreat center. So I went out there and I spent a lot of days uh, on the water when the sun was coming up and sun was going down, just me and God and those bass, right? <clears throat> Grieving. But as I described in, I think, another episode, um, I can't remember, <laughs> they all start to run together. But a lot of my... Um, a lot of those early years after Corbin's passing was spent in some uh, lights out depression, mm -hmm. right? And when your give a crap breaks, you just start going off. And 
Bob was a guy who literally stood. I was on, I'll never forget, I was on the bed of my pickup, just laying there, and he pulled up, and there's a cross out there at his retreat center. Mm. And I was literally at the foot of this cross. And he gave me some challenging words about my life and said, Brian, if you don't reel this thing back in, and if you don't come back and put this right here, he goes, dude, you're going you're gonna to shipwreck your life and your marriage. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was, again, <clears throat> very, very timely words from a very dear friend and a godly man. So he's going to be greatly, greatly missed. My wife uh, went, <clears throat> excuse me, my wife uh, uh, roomed with one of his daughters, Lisa, at ACU. So <clears throat> our hearts go out to the Neal family. Um, we all know Tina Hart, right, and Jackson and Gracie. Jackson and Gracie are his gen- grandchildren, so mm-hmm. our, heart, uh, our, our hearts go out to the Hart family <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, and then uh, Susan uh, is the other daughter. Uh, the, so the Conaway family, just want to remember them, and then Gary, his son. I just, I just want to say, uh, we love you all. Uh, our hearts are hurting with you. We're going to miss Bob and a lot of people are going to miss Bob, Mm -hmm. especially a lot of those people down in some of those missions down in Fort Worth, uh, that, uh, urban ministry, that, that street ministry, homeless, uh, shelter ministry, and just all the people Bob loved on. He was a friend of sinners like Jesus Mm -hmm. and, uh, he's going to be greatly missed. So, Bob, we dedicate this episode to you, so we love you, man. All right, I know that's a heavy way to, to, to begin, but if this doesn't uh, lead us segue right into us telling our stories, I don't know what does. So so intimacy doesn't happen overnight. You know, we, we say it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I think uh, we've said it's a crock pot, you know, process. It's not a microwave. We know that. Um, Usually it takes something dramatic that happens in our lives to, for us to take our masks off, to mm-hmm. come out of hiding, and to really pursue uh, the true God, not just an idea about God. Um, and I love the expression I heard. I don't know who said it first, but it's called enlightenment at gunpoint. Like a lot of these things we wouldn't have chosen, but when they choose us, it forces us um, out of our order into disorder and then into reorder, right? Um, So there's a journey of of becoming closer to God and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and open with God. Um, And so I want to hear our journeys today. So Spoonie, let's start with you, man. Talk about about how you've uh, developed intimacy with God through the years. Wow, what a journey. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, just hearing you speak uh, a few minutes ago about uh, the loved one that passed. And uh, I just like to say that, you know, I didn't know him personally, but uh, his heart for God and his love that was shared to you, mm-hmm. um, I got to reap the, reap the benefits yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. So um, our hearts go yeah. out to his family yeah. and, and to you, man. We love you, man. Yeah, thank you. But um, <laughs> speaking of that influence... Uh, my grandfather, uh, <laughs> my journey started, my mom, uh, I'm the oldest of four, uh, and I won't go through this whole journey, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'll skip and paraphrase and get right through it, but I'm the oldest of four, and my mom had all of us at home. And so uh, 
she had me and um, six weeks later she was right back in in the pulpit leading praise and worship and my grandmother had me on the front row <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, shaping my head <laughs> you know back in that day they mm -hmm. shaped your head and mm -hmm. made sure but uh, you know I saw you looking Brian yeah. looking like yeah. <laughs> she didn't do such it's a like, bad well, job okay. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway um, my journey got started, you know, as a kid, my, my grandfather, um, I spoke of him in one of our other, uh, shows that we did episodes and, uh, his name was El Javon, man. And I went to prayer with him every morning when I would stay with him and, mm -hmm. and he would go to prayer every morning at five in the morning. And when he would leave there, he would leave there and we would go to the gym, which was a fitness club that he belonged to. Mm -hmm. And I didn't just see him in the church and, and with God, but he would take that relationship to people. So when we would get to the gym, they, they, Hey, Rev. And he, Oh, it's just Elgin, man. It's just Elgin. And so, um, leading up to that, he had such just an impact with, with people and connected with people. And so I saw the love and I saw all of that and I desired that. And it wasn't until later in the years, um, I accepted Christ in my own heart at about 15 years old. And I remember um, I prayed a prayer and my father was praying and my, we were getting ready. He, we were getting ready to uh, have a revival. And I heard my dad praying and, and I, he was like, come on, son, we're going to go pray. And I'm walking around like, well, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> you know? And I remember uh, just finding a pew and f just crawling underneath and saying, God, if you're real, I want to know you. And I'll never forget that prayer. Mm. And that day I just start seeing God visibly in my life working Yes. And fast forward to when I moved here 13 years ago and the Lord had led on my heart to just really start. Uh, we were in California and I just felt a huge tugging at my heart to go deeper with him. And I wanted to know him. And I'll never forget uh, the first home we were living in was off of 635 in Preston. Yes. And uh, uh. the night we got there. I shut the door and I put my wife and my, my children to bed and I began to walk the house and just pray. I felt alone. I felt, you know, lost. And I was like, Lord, you brought me here to Texas, but for what, <laughs> you know, what is this journey getting ready to be? And I'll never forget. I said, Lord, I want to know the, the God of my father and my grandfather. And that started a journey of me looking and seeing God provide for me, protect me and my family. Mm -hmm. And then most importantly, bringing me into relationships and connections with him. So I started seeing God just do great things like fast forward all the way. And the, the last thing I'm going to speak about is cross timbers. Um, I walked through the healing place doors and he, he brought me through, through a good friend of mine who's, who uh, just told me, says, spoon man, look, I found a church, man. <laughs> I found a place. Uh, you guys know Michael Parker. Yeah. So Mike was, man, this place is, and I watched Mike. He was going through something mm -hmm. at that time. And I watched God just 
really bring him through and didn't know that I was going to be going through something. And as you just said, so, you know, that there's a disaster or there's something that, that brings us to this point where it's like, man, God, I need you. I want to know you. And through all of my life, from the time I started, there was one scripture that came to my mind, and it was Jeremiah 29 and 11. And it was God saying the thoughts that he and the plans that he has mm -hmm. for me. I always tried to remind myself of that. And when I walked through that door, all I cared to know was, God, are you here? Are you with me? Do you love me? And it was ironic that I spoke with you. Brian, I spoke to Ross. I talked to Glenna. Mm. And at that time, it was Daryl Hawk. Yeah. And the Lord just began to show me his love in such a way that I never thought I could just experience. So getting to know him was amazing because to this day, I know he loves me. Yeah. And I just had to learn to accept that love. Yes, And that's been the journey that I, I, I'm going to love continuing <laughs> to be on because he's always been there. He's always been God. He's never changed. But it was me coming into the understanding of who yeah. he is. So yes. that's been my journey, man. And, and I want to continue on it. But the main thing that stuck out in me is when my grandfather passed and that stuck sticks out in my mind mm -hmm. is I'll never forget, I'll, I'll forget out of all the people that was there going to. I looked, and the most, I mean, I, everybody, I knew it was going to be a big funeral. It was huge. He was a reverend. He was a, all of that. And so, but as I looked throughout that crowd to see the owner of that fitness club mm. that my grandfather was a member of for 40 years <clears throat> to show up because he said he was a good man. Mm. There's a scripture that talks about, uh, in the Bible, that talks about a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And all I knew then is that that's the love of God. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants us to be able to do is show his love. I knew all the church people were going to be there. Yeah. But it was great to see that man that didn't profess yeah. to, be, to be a believer. Uh -huh. But my grandfather had impacted his life so much that he had to pay his respects because he felt the love. So God's love and coming into the knowledge of that, man, once I accepted that, I don't ever want to get off this journey, yeah. you know, because it's just, it's a beautiful journey. Yeah. It's learning to accept it. Yes. Right? It's learning so we, to accept it. Absolutely. But, but we can't believe it. It's like, it's too yeah. good to be true. Yes. And we've talked so much about how shame blocks yes. us from that. We think, yep. no way God could love me. Really? No way. No is, way. It, is the good news truly good for maybe for everyone else, but not for me? Yes. And I, I remember it's what that brought up was a time I was in... Colorado Springs. I was literally <laughs> on a couch looking out a window and I could see Pikes Peak mm -hmm. in the distance. And I was reading Brendan Manning's book, All Is Grace. Mm -hmm. mm. Wow. And this was after, you know, marriage crap and yeah. counseling. This was after Corbin grief and kind of, and, and, but just, I found myself dying that same death over and mm. over and over. And I'm like, man, when is, is there going to be a final resurrection? Wow. You know, and now I've, I learned that the wisdom pattern is, you know, it's life, death, and resurrection, and yeah. it's a pattern that goes on mm -hmm. just like seasons that's going to happen over and over again in my life. Mm -hmm. But um, so I felt like I had to arrive or I had to get somewhere. And I remember reading in that book, and it said, God loves you as you are, not as you should be, because you'll never be as you should be. Mm. 
And I'm like, and and I I remember seriously putting the book down, looking out at Pikes Peak, and something happened in that moment. Mm. Like I could read those words, I could hear those words, but the you know information, but the revelation finally exploded in my heart, and I believed them. From Mm -hmm. that moment on, I believe that, Mm -hmm. that God loves me as I am, not as I should be, because I'll never be as I should be, that all is grace, (laughs) and it just finally sunk in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's being able to receive this truth, this this scandalous, extravagant Mm -hmm. grace, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing (laughs) that. Um, And something other, uh, (laughs) something you said too, reminded me, so... I shared in another episode with Glenna and Kirk uh, and Jamie about our marriage in those early mm-hmm. days. Yeah. I can still remember this seafoam green carpet in our first apartment <laughs> in Ivory Canyon Apartments in Euless. Uh, anyway, um, after another knockdown drag out fight, 2.30 in the morning, and I was just like eating that carpet. I was mm-hmm. face down, and I remember saying, like, like dude... I'm going to end up dead or in jail or something if, yeah. if we continue with this. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, we had, it was hopeless. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. If God doesn't do something, yeah. we're done. Yeah. And I remember because it was all about performance. You know, be a good boy, don't sin, <laughs> yeah. go to heaven, yes. avoid hell, yes. got to be perfect and all that. Yeah. And I re- and so, but this personal relationship with Jesus, <clears throat> like what was that? Yeah. And I remember... At two thirty in the morning, on that seafoam green carpet, saying, "God, if you're if you're yeah. out there, if you're real, yes, I I need you. Yes, I gotta have you. I want you. Mm-hmm. Like I need you inside so, me. None yes. of this. Let me perform for you. That would that, that ain't working. Right. <laughs> I got nothing. Nothing. Yes. And and I I just again mm-hmm. to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you oh, have to man. be emptied of you. It's yes. the first time I ever emptied myself mm. of me. Just utter brokenness and." I would say humility. It's more like humiliation, yeah. like nothing. Oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. then when you get buried and yeah. planted, then that seed grows, oh, right? Absolutely. And it was yes. in that moment where I, I feel like he just said, okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. You want to be filled with me? Then empty yourself of you. Yeah. And I'm I'm here. Yeah. And so that that was that. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're out there, if you're real, I need you, God. Yes. That's a desperate prayer. Oh, man. And that's the ones yeah. he loves to answer. Yes, he does. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so who wants to go next? Oh. Go ahead, <laughs> Ladies first. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Hadley and Harper will say, like, who wants to first? Hadley will say, Harper wants to go first. <laughs> I love it. Good Glenn at volunteering her sister. Glenn, yeah. yeah. So Glenn wants to go next, right? Um, yeah. Wow. So a lot like you, like, grew up in church, grew up, and yes. my parents did a phenomenal job of laying yes. this foundation of faith. Like, yeah, go to church three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, witnessing my parents in, uh, I guess, their daily disciplines, witnessing their own journey. Um, my dad taught about grace in a denomination before they started talking about grace. Mm-hmm. And so that was always neat to see. Um, and they just spoke so many different things into my life as a young child. Um, accepted Christ, was baptized like at 11, right? Um, Fast forward to um, 26, 27, 28, Mm -hmm. right in there, I started thinking, why would I believe any of this is true? Like really, somebody was dead for three days Mm -hmm. and came back to life? Mm -hmm. Like, 
you know, and just really questioning some of these things. And so it started my journey of like what you're saying, like, God, show up. Mm -hmm. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are real. And so I like research, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I started reading other people who had been on that journey. I started engaging in conversations with some people about that um, and then came to the conclusion, like, I truly believe that Jesus came in, God came in flesh in the form of Jesus Mm -hmm. and walked this earth. And so in that moment, 28 years old, two little kids saying like, I believe it, like I believe it. And so I had this foundation of faith, but it was my time of saying like, this is the line in the sand that it's my faith. Like I can walk out of it with my faith and on this, this journey. So that was one of my stops on this journey. Um, a lot of things happened in the next, um, 10, 12 years. And at 40, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he was at Irving hospital. And I can remember talking to him and saying like, I'm having a really hard time praying for that you're healed. Like, I think if he doesn't heal you, I'm going to be really mad, mm. like really mad. And knowing myself, knowing like that anger, yeah. like you didn't heal him and mm-hmm. I wanted you to. And then probably going back to some doubt, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, in my fit, I call it throwing a fit <laughs> before the throne of God. Yeah. Um, my yeah. dad like opens his arms and he says, Kalena, you have greater faith than that. You have greater faith than that. And he went on to say, you know, we're going to ask God to heal me and we'll give him opportunity to show up and make that healing happen, whether it's through a doctor or through something miraculous. But we're going to ask for that healing. And he said, if that healing happens on this side of heaven, awesome. I get to live. He goes, but if I get to trade in this earth suit and graduate from this earth suit for a new spiritual suit, I get to live there. So either way I'm living, either way I'm healed. And he's like, we're going to trust in God. We're going to trust in his answer, but we're going to ask. So like that did something. I was like, okay, this is, I have greater faith in that. So him speaking that over me. And then the next 18 months was his battle, right? And my dad had a prayer rock that he would go out to and sit and spend time with God. And so my question to him each week when I would go visit him was, hey, what's God saying to you? What's the one thing you want to share? Especially towards the end when we knew like he was on hospice. And the only thing he would say is like, get to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. get to know Jesus. Yeah, and I'm like, anything know. else? Nope get to know Jesus. Jesus. And so that was like his message, like get to know Jesus. And then his other thing he would say was like, be there, meaning Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to see you in heaven. Right. Um, And so really seeking Jesus and getting to know Jesus became like that cry in my heart. So like you, I can remember praying like, God, Jesus, I want to have a love affair with you. I want to look for that glimpse of you with every turn and every conversation. And, you know, and I'd start finding rocks that were in the shape of a heart, Mm. you know, just those little winks from God, like, I love you. I'm here for you. And I really was looking for a zap, honestly, Mm. like, cause you hear people (laughs) tell the big stories about witnessing about Christ, this miracle. And I wanted that, but I found him in the little small things in a conversation or somebody just showing up at a certain time. Um, at the right time and place, I think like those anointed moments in time or, um, 
just through prayer, those moments of just experiencing him. Um, and so going from knowing God, like growing up in a denomination where I had good Bible knowledge, right, to this relationship with him and getting to know him mm. was like, that was my objective was to get to know him. It wasn't more knowledge. It wasn't better behavior or anything like that. It was just knowing him and out of that relationship, seeing his fruit come out, yeah, being yeah. able to tell her, like, just get to know Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Just get to know Jesus. I love that. I lo and the winks. Yeah. You know, the when God's just like bending over backwards to show you, hey, look, mm -hmm. wink, wink. I'm here. I'm here. I am here. And how, how, personalized that is to mm -hmm. you, right? To oh, your yeah. experience with the rocks and stuff. Right. One of the things I heard you say that I think this critical time you came to, well, critical thinking, instead of what you were given, what was mm -hmm. handed to you by mm -hmm. your parents, I think, I mean, that's a huge part of anyone's journey is getting intellectually honest with themselves mm -hmm. about yes. mm -hmm. what Peter Rollins calls the disavowed level of unbelief. Right. We all have a level of unbelief that happens, mm -hmm. but it's disavowed. Like yep. we don't want to admit to it. Right. Who are you going to talk to about it? Right. Right. Who are you going to discuss that with? And a lot of churches, they, that's just not allowed. Right. You know, mm -hmm. they get concerned for you. So they're <laughs> not allowed to question. So there's shame around those disavowed. Shame. Yes. yes. Oh, that's oh, good. Yes. That's good, Should yeah. am I am I yeah. am I a heretic? Am I is this blasphemous? <laughs> Should I be questioning yes. this? Yes. And. The sadness, if you get ostracized from your community, you're just yeah. not allowed to have those. Mm -hmm. So look, it's coming face to face with those doubts. Mm -hmm. And I love when I kind of went down that trail after it's uh, now God's going, okay, come on. Now you're talking to say, God, do you really answer prayer? You know, mm -hmm. God, are you there? God, are you mean? All yeah. these things that like, mm -hmm. I have serious questions and he is big enough for those, right? And I, I just believe you're in a fraudulent relationship. If you don't come out with those, you're. It's not it, God's. God's not the imposter. You are. Right. Mm. Like who are you bringing before God? This person. Right. I'm supposed to believe this. I should believe this, but I don't. Right. So come out with it. And when you finally do, mm. when I say that's where the the you know forged in that fire, the relationship with the real God. It's the God that is okay with all those doubts, right? So it's really Absolutely. with the real Brian. Right. He's in relationship with the real Brian, the one who said, man, I don't know about this. Mm -hmm. Now that I've gone down that rabbit hole, what I'm finding is early, like first century faith, if you look at what it, it wasn't certitude, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certitude, mm -hmm. being certain. But we think yeah. we've got to be certain. Like you, I've got to, I've got to be rock solid certain on this. That's not faith. Mm -hmm. That's knowing or that's knowledge. So it's this, it's this knowing and unknowing. It's those two right. things held in this space together that I believe is a really beautiful faith when you can start getting very honest about it. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I, I heard this joke from Peter Rollins. Actually, he was, I listened to him on a podcast you sent me, Brian. So you, you may be able to tell this joke better than me. But <laughs> he said, this, there's this old uh, Jewish uh, parable joke that it's it's these two priests, uh, these two leaders of the Jewish church who, uh, you know, the the culture of the the Jewish tradition is to ask questions and to argue together about mm. these different points of view on on scripture, which is why, you know, the fact that 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 in our day and age that we have to be so sure about certain things in our Christian faith is so 
different than how it was um, in the history of our faith. Anyway, so there's these two Jewish priests who are arguing about a question, and God's watching them argue years after years over this one question, and God finally says, you know what, I'm going to go down and give them the answer to this question. And and uh, he goes down, he goes, guys, I've heard you argue about this for years and years and years, and I just want to tell you what, what's going on here. And so he tells them the answer to this question, and they look up at him and they say, how dare you would come answer that question for us after we've been arguing? <laughs> and yeah. it's just this idea that like we're, yeah. we're created for, for being able to, to wrestle with these, these big things. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's been a lot of, of my story so far, my journey so far. I'm earlier on the journey than a lot of you guys. And, um, and I think, uh, I've experienced, I think my intimacy with God has been a result of letting go of a lot of things that I held, have held onto really tightly over, over my life. And there's significant moments when that's happened that have been really scary because it is those times where it feels like the, the floor is dropping out or the foundation that you believed isn't there anymore. And, and, and those moments, I think that's often why we cling so hard to these, these things that we have to declare as truth, because if we let them go, then what do we have anymore? And, uh, so I feel like those moments have been really, uh, they've been challenging moments, hard moments, but moments of freedom too, where you've, where I've been able to, you know, I, I always say that, in every new season, like we, we reimagine who God is. And I love Brian, what you said that God's not changing. It's us who's changing the way that we understand who Mm -hmm. God is Mm -hmm. in our life and that God relates to each one of us in a unique way. Um, but I think throughout my life, the, the verse throughout my kind of aware life of my faith, the verse that's always been at the, at the core is Psalm 139. And, you know, Psalms is a book of people who are questioning God. David is a person who is always like, God, are you there? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even to the, you know, you talk about being honest about what we're feeling, even asking God to go and kill his enemies, you know, all Mm -hmm. these things. It's like you can see the hatred and the evil in his heart. Mm -hmm. And yet God calls him a man after God's own heart. So that gives me the, gives me the freedom if, you know, the, the, um, yeah, it gives me the freedom that I can say and do whatever before God and that he can He can handle that. But Psalm 139 is, you know, God, you've searched me and you know me. You know, when I get up and when I lay down, you know, my thoughts from far away. You know, if I go to the east, you're there. If I go to the west, you're there. To the heights of heaven, to the depths of the ocean, you're there with me. You know, your thoughts about me are greater than the grains of sand on the shore. Like all of these intricate ways that God knows me. And uh, I think (laughs) when I say that, sometimes I think people could take that as, oh, my gosh, God's always there. God's always, you know, (laughs) looking out for me. You know, he's going to know all this about me. But I think what what um, what what safety that gives me, what comfort that gives me is that God knows the depths of my heart, which I know how dark how evil mm-hmm. those can be, how broken mm-hmm. those places are. He knows those places, mm-hmm. and yet he still chooses to love me and be yes. in relationship yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, he knows me better than, you know, I, I think to myself, if, if people around knew some of the things that, that happened to me or that have gone on with me, would they be in relationship with me? And yet right. God knows all these things and loves me, and that gives me hope that I can 
I can uncover that shame mm-hmm. over over my lifetime and be known and loved and experience the love of God through others mm-hmm. as well in the same way. So that verse is, has been kind of the the key to intimacy that I always come back to with God. Yeah, it's it's so funny. You used almost some exact words that I that I use with couples all the time when you talked about how God knows the heart, mm. and you were kind of str- searching for the word. And you said safety, and then you said comfort. Mm-hmm. It's a I've, I always say it's very comforting to me to know. It was it was like totally scary, <laughs> terrifying. Like what? <laughs> God knows my heart, like everything. Mm-hmm. But it's and you said it's the depths, but he chooses to love me anyway. Mm-hmm. Like like even in spite of that. But mm-hmm. but what's really cool if you think about it, in in your heart of hearts, and yes, it's deceptive above all things and all that. But you know your heart. Yeah. It's like dang it, I yeah. screwed up again. Yeah. But I, you know, you've yeah. got a good yes. heart. Yeah. You've got a good conscience. God mm-hmm. knows that. He knows mm-hmm. yes. that you got triggered and your pride and your anger. And all, yeah. But he sees your heart. So are we saint or sinner? And I love simultaneous. We're both. Mm -hmm. We're neither one. We're both, right? Mm -hmm. And he knows that. Like, Mm -hmm. so that is so comforting to me, man. Oh, thank you, God. You know my heart. Mm -hmm. So you see, uh, uh, you know, beyond, below, above, around, what all the screw ups, right? right? All the human stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so I just, rather than going back and like telling things that I've told, because honestly, guys, I'm old. I don't remember what I've said and what I said on these podcasts. <laughs> but I think just some kind of kind of nuggets, turning point stuff. Yeah. So, so one was kind of growing up in the church. Mm-hmm. So many times that can be, a, a, you know, for our container, for the kind of our ego, for the solid, you know, it's, it's better than growing up in chaos, right? But it can be hard then to lose that, your pride. You, you've invested so much in your, look at me. Um, so it was kind of like to, you've heard Toby say, God was lucky to have me on his team. <laughs> I kind of lettered in Christianity. I went to Christian school. I went to Bible class every day, chapel. I memorized mm-hmm. all the scripture, right? I went to Abilene Christian University, minored in Bible. So I'm supposed to have it all together, mm-hmm. right? I'm supposed to have all the answers. I mean, I was lettering I, I, in Christianity. I had the letter jacket and all that. And, and <laughs> God was kind of, I'm the quarterback of the team. And you know what? It got to a point in my marriage, like, that was nothing, like nothing, dude. Right. You're full of crap, mm-hmm. and it's 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 not it's not doing anything, and um, and it was losing that, and it was that it was that again that disruption of thought that like, dude, maybe so. There's no the world, you know, saints, sinners. We're all sinners. Mm-hmm. Like there's no yeah. us and them. It's all us. Mm-hmm. We're in this together, and to figure out what side of that I was on, you know. So now I'm not so fast to judge about who's going to heaven, who's going to hell, who's in, who's out. Right. It was just this, and again, so that was the huge one. This paradigm shift of wow, I'm a sinner and I need grace too, right? Yes. And if if you haven't figured that out yet, listeners, <laughs> we're all full of crap and we all need all fall yes. short of the glory of God. Mm, and yes. that's why he came. Who did he come for? The sick, not the healthy, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and so that was one. And I think through that and then through losing my son and the ultimate just, I mean, you can't fake it till you make it, right? You can't get it from the gut. I mean, it was this utterly lights out. I got nothing. If you're not there, like you need to revive me because I'm dead. And how he came in and did that. And then my relation to him during that time, him hearing my questions, my doubts, being okay with that. And then kind of finding yourself just relating to people who it's like, wow, I had never experienced life 
to be that difficult or life at that traumatic level before, but then your, your eyes are open. Wow. Most people do. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't, you will kind of thing. It's just so, I was so selfish and just had, had no idea about what people were all going through and how, again, missing the mark and the sin that we end up doing, the infidelity and the addiction Mm -hmm. and the pride and the anger and, you know, all the alcoholism and drug addiction. I mean, it's usually medicating pain because yes. of what was done to us or what mm-hmm. happened to us. God bless us. Yeah. So so one of the things I say a lot is I feel like in this intimacy with God journey, I if if God's a judge, I don't see him sitting looking waiting to get me and and hit this gavel and say, "Damn you, you're going to hell." Right. What I see is his he's hitting hit and going, "Time served. Here, get out of hell. You've mm-hmm. been in hell. Right. Let me pull you out." Yes. So right. God is saying, "Time served." Yes. He he loves us. He's he's compassionate towards us. Uh, is it First Corinthians uh, or Second Corinthians one? What is it? Uh, our theme verse. I oh, should yeah. know this. How we receive comfort yeah, from the God of comfort. We receive our com- compassion from the God of comfort and compassion, mm-hmm. so that we can help other people in their time of trouble the same help that we received mm-hmm. when we were going through that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my theme verse, and I don't know where it's found, but um, I think it's Second Corinthians. Yeah, Second Corinthians one yeah. three three it's five. It's like, or something that, like that one through five or something. Like that. Uh, so uh, so that was that. That was huge. Um, kind of my f- three favorite words now uh, about God and theology, or I don't know. <laughs> I got okay with saying, right. I don't know. Right. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. who knows? Mm-hmm. And again, we think we've got to know. And, and there's some things that I think I know because of tradition in Scripture and my experience. Those That's a good three-legged story. Dual, mm-hmm. like to base some of your, you know, thinking on or your knowledge on or what have you. But I don't know. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. still trying to figure it out and yeah. we're trying to relate to God the best we can. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, me knowing that he knows my heart, why was I so afraid like that I had to get it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, can't grace cover my mistakes and my my flawed thinking, my searching and being down maybe the wrong rabbit hole, you know, at the time? Mm-hmm. Does his grace not cover that? So I just got okay with knowing that God loves me as I am, not as I should be, because I'll never be as I should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, I think my challenge for, for most people, I think especially in a religious environment, We've been taught we're supposed to believe some things or we're supposed to uh, act a certain way. And when we don't act that way or Mm -hmm. we don't believe those things, what do we do with that? It goes underground. It can Mm -hmm. become very neurotic, right? We're Mm -hmm. just not honest and we're fraud. So find those people that you can trust Mm -hmm. that that do believe mm-hmm. in God, right? Mm-hmm. But but allow you to doubt mm-hmm. and allow you yeah. to question and allow you to question some deeply held beliefs yeah. and to wrestle. I love you said to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Look what it was a Jacob, right? Mm-hmm. Walked yes. away with the limp. He yes, wrestled he with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's when you will get to know God. Yes. Man, when you're on the mat with him and he's got you oh, in a man. pretzel hole, dude, yes. you're going to get to know God yeah. in no Exactly. Way. Or argue with him like Moses did. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, it's okay. He's yeah. big enough for it. Yeah. I like what you said yeah. about Jacob. Yeah. You know, about yep. wrestling. Mm-hmm. He walked away with a limp, but he also walked away with his name changed. There yeah, you go. He so there you go. in the midst of that wrestling, mm-hmm. and you'll get to know him, yeah. and you'll see him in another aspect of it. Yeah. You know, when you earlier when you just said about uh, us knowing and growing up in church and doing all the right things, mm-hmm. there's a scripture that, that, that says, 
our righteousness is as filthy rags in his sight. Uh So it's like no matter what you do, he's going to show you that he's bigger than that and that he loves you. Yeah. And, and I think that's the main thing, man, is just accepting his love. And, I, and when he came on earth, when he came here, wrapped himself in flesh, as we talk about, Jesus just wanted to know, let people see his love for them. Yes. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. And I started thinking in my life on my journey, when I started accepting that oneness, all God wanted was my only begotten. What was that? What was the one thing I was withholding from him? And that was just allowing him to have all of me, yeah. my thoughts, the deepest parts of the earth. Yeah. That, like as as uh, Ross just said, like, would people still love me if they knew this? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I remember yes. playing the drums and, and, and growing up. And Ross, I remember, you know, before I met my wife. <laughs> and then when I saw my wife, <laughs> I remember her walking across. And I'm playing the drums. And church is going on. I'm going, ooh, that's a fine song right there. <laughs> And I thought about, Ooh, if they knew my thoughts right there, they'd kick me off the right. drums. That's right. But honestly, right. it was just God saying, I love you. Yeah. Yes. And that's what someone yes. needs to hear is that he loves you. Yeah. And he will go to what? To the ends of himself. Wow. Which is that? What is that? We don't know. To get the love he has for you to you. Right. I love that. You, you know, and, and when people, because I, I can hear, I've had dear, dear friends who grew up in very fundamental Christian environments mm-hmm. and churches, what have you, and, and they you seem so free. Like there's this yes. freedom in saying, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying, mm-hmm. I, I love God and yeah. he loves me. And well, what if you're wrong? What if you're deceived? You know, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. what if this is blasphemy? <laughs> and, and I hear that and yeah. I hear that fear, right. but like, you'll know a tree by its fruit. And yes, you sir. said that, man, when you're not worried about, am I in or out? Yeah. And you're not trying to be the judge of who's in and out. If you just know, man, thank God he loves us. And he, yes. man, thank God he's yes. for us and he's on our side. Yes. It's easy to love. And so the fruit, easy. I look at the fruit of that freedom or it's the yeah. fruit of my, my thinking about God yeah. Man, it's producing love for people yes. and it's producing a non-judgmental man. Yeah. I'm the least judgmental person on the planet. Yeah. I've been there. I have been there. Mm-hmm. And so it's that, and I, Hey, it's been hijacked in our current culture and yeah. you know, but that me too ministry, that's yes. me too. Yeah. It's not us and them. It's mm-hmm. all, of, all us. of us. And man, yeah. when you realize that, yeah. whew, and Jesus, I mean, he bent over backwards to oh. show us this, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and it's not just Emmanuel, God with us. It's, it's yeah. God in us. In us. Yes. I mean, sir. he said that that's not in heresy. Us. That's a new Testament <laughs> fact. right? Yes. Yes. So, so we're just pursuing that, that God in us. Okay. So with the time we have, uh, left. What I'd like to do is share a couple of our, we've been talking about, you know, intimacy and relationships, marriages, uh, friendships, and with God. So let's talk about some of our top resources that we refer people to that mm-hmm. talk about these things. Uh, podcasts, books, uh, authors, uh, TV shows, what? <laughs> so awesome. Lena, it looks like hey, you got a stack over a there. Stack of books. You got That's some, right. yeah. So okay, what do you got so there? So this book, um, Henry Now Win, is called Reaching Out. Mm. So like um this is a great book about the inward journey of knowing yourself, the upward journey of knowing God, and then the outward journey of knowing community and being in relationship with others. Like, y'all, it's a little small book. But it's packed with richness. Yes. Um, so that's one about your journey. John Gottman, as y'all know, like um, I actually read The Relationship Cure, which I did not bring, but his seven principles when it comes to 
relationships. He's leading expert, done, I don't know, 40 plus years of research on relationships specifically for couples, but it applies across the board to all relationships. So Mm -hmm. this one's the seven principles for making marriage work. He has one called the relationship cure. And then um, for couples that or want to build trust and avoid betrayal or who are maybe recovering from betrayal, what makes love last is fantastic. Mm. Um, Excellent. Those are my, my top ones. I want to thumbs up, double thumbs up the Gottman stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it was on my list. So the relationship uh-huh. cure mm-hmm. that first taught me about this concept of emotional bids for connection. Mm-hmm. When people are asking us, when my wife asked me to go to Turning the store towards. with her, it's just, yeah. yeah. Do you, do you turn towards, against, or away, right? And he unpacks that. But they're making emotional bids for connection. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need me to go to Walmart with her. And that that was a revolutionary thought mm-hmm. that for helped. For me too, yeah. And then the seven principles. Glenna told me about seven principles for making marriage work. And that book has been the one in the last decade that has most affected me. Mm-hmm. It's a challenging, challenging yeah. like read your mail, accountability, like, dude, you did better step your game up. Right. It's, it's just it's like, wow. But but in a way that just so normalize it, like, you know, don't feel guilty. It's like, mm-hmm. we all do this. This is yeah. human. Right. So let's step it up. Yeah. So, so those with, were those were great. So great. with Gottman, I'm, I'm, they have this certification program. And so I've gone through level three, which is the last step of certification. And yeah, they have so many practical tools. And when I read Gottman's work, I started putting it into practice with our marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Like we've been married 36 years. And wow. like when I started practicing this, like it was amazing. And you know, there's that scripture that says older women teach the younger women how to love their husbands mm-hmm. before Gottman. I was like, I don't know how to teach him that. Like on a good day, I'm loving my husband. Well, now I'm yeah. like, I know how to love my husband. Well, mm-hmm. and yeah. The Gottman Institute has provided so many rich awesome. tools that I'm excited about helping people learn how to love their husbands. Yeah. Cool. It's fun. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love the Gottman stuff too. That's probably one of the more uh, kind of prescribed exercises that that I'll give out of yeah. a, out of a, a session with a couple is is some of his stuff about building friendship quotients and mm-hmm. all these things to be able to to grow your relationship. So that's that's super good. What else we got here, guys? One thing I you got? well, I just have a devotional. It's like a, a everyday devotional, and I I encourage uh, couples and people when I um, counsel with them is just you know where you are in that moment. So a good devotional every day is something a good resource that you can just go to every day to remind you of His love. Yeah, and so it's it's a few of them that's out there. It's a bunch of them. Yeah, uh, one of the ones I know my I have some. Uh, kind of millennials that are my children. <laughs> so uh, Mike Todd has a good one, relationship goals. Yeah. And my daughter has been gleaning from that one, and we've had a lot of great discussions. Yeah. So for some of you that are out there that's in that, you know, age group, that's a good tool. Good. But uh, my wife and I has uh, my devotional that I have every, that I go to, I have a few of them every day. We've just been kind of doing that together. And in just that exercise, doing that together, has just strengthened it, strengthened mm-hmm. our, our relationship and our yeah. marriage. So, uh, and and it also helps you with other you know relationships and friendships and all yeah. that good thing. Good, yes, sir. Yeah, Ross, man. I mean, what I, else you got? I think I think uh, we talked. Me and Spoonie talked about it on one of the episodes. But the Enneagram has been yes. really helpful yep. in relationships for me. Like a lot of people want to uh, want to use that as a way to learn yourself, which I think is really good. But mm-hmm. um, 
but it's helped me understand my wife and friends a lot better and deeper and grow compassion for them. So, um, I, that's, that's a big one for me. Yeah. Good. So I had Henry now in on my list as far as this internal interior work. Um, and a lot of his most powerful Uh books are, are really, really thin. Uh, he's just incredible story and great writer. Um, so, uh, marriage stuff. So, talked about Gottman. Let's see, Jimmy Evans, Jimmy and Karen Evans have been around for a long time, but they're marriagetoday.org. They've got so many resources. They do that EXO conference at Gateway Church that Mm -hmm. we've been to personally. I've been to three times. Um, That's a, so in doing that, I think we said every year putting that uh, investment into your marriage is, is really a, really a great idea. Yes. Um, Emerson Egrich wrote one called Love and Respect, and you can either love that or hate that, (laughs) but it, I think it's a great, great, just a, an, a, uh, good 30,000 foot zoom out to say, you know, women want to feel loved, men want to feel respected. And mm-hmm. and just some vocabulary around that and ways to do that very practically, the energizing cycle versus the, you know, crazy cycle that we all get on. That was good. Uh, the Shanti and Jeff Feldhahn, for men only, for women only, those are worth their weight in gold. I highly, highly recommend those books still. Um Let's see, Leslie Vernick, anything uh, Leslie, Leslie Vernick, Vernick, just look her up. Uh, as far as relationship stuff, she's just really good with... She's, uh, on, she's on Facebook. She has. There, there she does go. like a live thing and specifically for women who are in marriages that are really troubling. She yeah. cranks out the resources for troubled marriages and working with conflicted couples and all that. And, and has she just puts a lot of content out consistently. Another author that I, I wanted to bring up, Tim Keller. So I, I talk about his The Meaning of Marriage that he wrote, and he has this great uh, quote by Stanley Harwas in that, in Resident Aliens. He wrote that book that I always mention. But uh, Tim Keller, it's an interesting story. So he did what would seem impossible, planted a church back in, I think it was 1989 or something, in uh, New York City, that right down in the middle of New York wow. City, and grew that thing to like 6,000 people at the time he wrote The Meaning of Marriage, because that was on the, the in, at, you know, in the back of the book. But what was interesting, his most... The reason why he wrote that book, his most downloaded or listened to series was on marriage, right? But 85% of the constituents or the congregation of that 6,000-member church were single. Mm. Wow. So it was, it was predominantly <laughs> young singles. So, so for, for young singles listening to this about intimacy and relationships mm-hmm. and you're not married, mm-hmm. there's so much about what intimacy truly is and what it means in that book, The Meaning of Marriage. I I highly recommend that too. Um, Um, When Spoonie mentioned an app, it reminded me Gottman has an app called Card Deck. mm -hmm. And so you can open Card Deck and this is phenomenal uh, resource for having conversations with your spouse and getting to know them. So I would recommend using that app too. Awesome. Well, guys, I have loved these. I've enjoyed the heck out of our Facebook lives. We did our last one last night. night. Um, And you know what? This won't be, you haven't heard the end of us, right? (laughs) So, 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 you know, like, share, subscribe if you're on this. uh, And, and so you don't miss future episodes of the Healing Place podcast and just come check out us, uh, check us out at uh, Cross org on the Healing Place uh, page and also the Facebook group 
page, The Healing Place. And uh, we'll, we're going to be putting out some content, you know, throughout the year. And, um, man, I love you guys. Love and you thank too, you man. guys. Thanks for the prayers this morning. And, um, yeah, Bob, we hope this episode did you right. <laughs> and uh, we love you. And we'll see you guys soon. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our conversations on Yada, our intimacy series. We really enjoyed recording them. So like, share, subscribe, or follow for more content. And we look forward to bringing you more in the future.